There's nothing wrong with your podcast app. Do not attempt to adjust your audio. We are controlling the transmission. What's that, boy? We're in control? Hey, look! I can see my voice! (laughs) This is my voice on podcasts. Dad, you're ruining the mood. Sorry. For the next half hour, we will control what you see and hear. You are about to experience the terror and foul horror of the Soul of Detroit Halloween Special. That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You might be qualified, Emil. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now, Albert? Hey, kids. Trick or treat on this special Halloween edition of ML's Soul of Detroit. Uh, Mark knew I was going to say that because he stole the sign. I guess there's a lot of that going on these yeah, days. Yeah, not illegal. Not illegal. Um, so that contract extension was just not withheld because it's legal. Oh, it's currently being worked on right now. What's being worked on? It's the breaking news right now. They're not going to have them sign a contract when all this crap's going on. Oh, it's rescinded. Of course not. So let me, let me just let me just recap oh, for you folks. You're the worst. Uh, really? We have to do uh, this, Sean? Uh, oh, we're going to do this later. Basket, basket. <laughs> He's always changing the, uh, what do you call it? Because he can't schedule. It's got an inferiority complex. He can't handle it. Okay. Basketball program covers up a player's car crash. Hockey coach fired for lying. Football coach uh, suspended for lying. Other football coach investigated and the sign stealing. The best you can say is it's legal. I think the no, best you can say I was to the sign stealing. is we're eight and oh. I think that's the best you can say by any means necessary. That's okay. That's fine. We understand. We remember the day of Brandon Eretz. It's time to time to turn the page. We we wish we could turn the page in East Lansing. It seems to be stuck. Yeah, just glad, like glass houses, my man. Just like magazines on Mel Tucker's desk. They're all stuck. Oh, that's unfortunate. Come on. He doesn't use magazines. It's all digital. Come on. And that's now, what she said. And now <laughs> he's he's not just been found guilty of being inappropriate, but or he's been found responsible for inappropriate conduct. There's bigger the news out there. The so. bigger the bigger news, is, Mark, is that Mike's mama makes a mean peanut butter Those cookie. were delicious, yeah. Thank, thank you, you, Mike. Don't don't talk about my mama. I mean, I don't know if you did anything to them, but they were delicious. They my were. We'll my see mom if we make it said, the show. she sent me a note. She said, these are to sweeten up Sean's foul mouth. <laughs> and uh, I think I think that they have. That's right. But if you like really good eats, uh, you can go to my mom's house. But uh, but I have trouble getting a free meal every once in a while. You should probably go to the Cadu Cafe that's having a huge Halloween party tonight. You can get the details at cadjucafe.com and we'll tell you what's going on the rest of the week there. But if you're listening on Tuesday, go participate in the big party, costume party. There's going to be live music, all that good stuff. And we're also brought to you by Luke Nowacki, Pinnacle Wealth Strategies. If you thought you had $95 million to live on for the rest of your life and all of a sudden you find out that, oh, maybe I have substantially less in future earnings, you're probably really nervous. But if you'd invested that money by following Luke's advice in the first place, you'd probably feel a little more comfortable about your future. And we're going to tell you how you can get together with Luke to plan for a more secure tomorrow in just a little while. But first, we we have a few program notes we have to tell you. Uh, This show should be substantially shorter than 
many of our previous shows because we don't have Joe Zuver here gumming up the works with all his unsolicited <laughs> yeah. comments and yeah. butting in and all his rejoinders. Blame and the comebacks. guy that's not here. Yeah. So, uh, so that's going to save us significant time. If you're used to watching us on YouTube or on Facebook, our videos are on hold for now. Uh, Joe was our video producer, did a lot of great things for the show. He is pursuing more lucrative opportunities, which is pretty much everything when you look at the economics of this show. And so we've had to cut back a little bit. We are hoping to bring that back before the end of the year or earlier yep. next year yep. when we introduce a Patreon model where we may ask you for a few bucks, and in return for a few bucks support, we're going to provide you some extra features, uh, access to video, perhaps some special episodes, an annual event, and some swag. We're still working the, on the details of that, but if you're used to watching us and you're listening to us instead, welcome. Please share this link with your friends so they can listen to, and you're going to hear the whole show because typically with the video, we cut off a little early because we want to save something special just for those of you who listen to us at your convenience. So uh, if you're a longtime listener, thanks. If you're a viewer who's now a listener, welcome. And we appreciate all your feedback. And today we have a very special show. In addition to uh, Mark Fellhauer, the hardest working man in podcasting, and Sean Windsor, who spends time in basements even when he's not podcasting. That's uh, Really? Don't you have an office down there? I, I might. By the way, can can the show give a, a, a belated happy birthday to Jamie Gertz, who turned 58 earlier this week? <laughs> what? No, we can't spare a square. What? We cannot spare a square. Not even oh, a pie. I was just, uh, Mark and I were talking earlier about shows, and we normally do, and I was just thinking about the movie Lost Boys, and I can't believe it. What? I hadn't thought about that in oh, a while. It's, it's it, Halloween. That's kind it, of a... Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it popped up all over the timeline this okay. week, and she right. turned 58. And when did we all get so old? And how is Lost Boys uh, almost 40 years old? She was also in Less Than Zero, which we discussed last she week. She was. And I need to make a correction, by the way. Drew Wave pointed out yeah. that with everything going on yesterday, Charlie LaDuff was was in. Great episode if you missed it. Uh, terrific interview, Where Charlie. Was Mark, by the way? Always interesting. I know. The two times Charlie's been on this show, I was out for dealing with personal things i think i was sick and did you listen going on yeah well yeah i listened to the charlie part well, we, we can't show. rule out that mark and charlie are the same person and how did he do i thought it was great i thought he, i actually thought all three of you did great i don't want to be so meta that we're reviewing the the show oh, on the no, next but, show but um yeah you know I, he was he was charlie i thought he did really well i think was that was a charlie most people haven't seen he was contemplative a little bit wasn't he yeah, but I mean, I, look, I I know the guy. I work with him. I, that's I'm not terribly surprised by that. You know, you know what I mean. But it wasn't um, it wasn't contentious, which I maybe expected a little of that because the last time. No, we took a little flack maybe for not being contentious enough. Or oh, Mike, did we? Oh. Mike, really? Mike was worried about that anyway. Oh no, I don't think he should have been. I mean, it, he asked questions, he answered them. No, I, I I wasn't worried about being criticized. I was worried that Charlie was going to try and tell us that uh, that that he was anything but too clever by half, which was the first thing he said, which is a really disarming thing when someone you're expecting to say, well, let me explain to you yeah. why it seems pretty plain, wasn't so plain. Basically, when we expected a reporter to act like a politician, and Charlie did what he did. He came on, and he was a reporter. He's and his he, own man. Mm -hmm. He, uh, he... And he, I think he, you know, so see you next Tuesday, not something you should ever do. So I don't want to say he, he, uh, he provide an example for future conduct there and reserving the right to use the C word. I think maybe you just want to, that's a right that you don't want to exercise. I, I don't think that was 
that was something that you can necessarily learn from other than to say, I'm going to do the opposite. But what he did was he said, listen, it's pretty obvious what happened here. Uh, got a little bit over my skis. Uh, it was a problem. Acknowledged it. I'm sorry for the people who were, uh, who were affected by it, the people who stood by me. And the story's still good, and I'm going to keep pursuing the story, and I'm sorry this got in the way of the story, but the story is something that, that people still need to pay attention to. He basically owned it. And how often do we see people who get in trouble come out, and then sure, they start deny. to say something, and then they yeah, but. Yeah. It's like, I right. am. I take full responsibility, uh, and then the next hour, they basically show that they take almost no responsibility. How many breaths did that take? Well, I was going to tell people that I was wrong about Jane Wheedlin being in um, in uh, the Bangles when really she was in the Go-Go's. Oh. And, and that was pointed out it, to me it, after the show by Drew Wave. I was making that program note, that correction, when you when you took us down a side rail, but that happens. In any case, yeah. Happy, Joe was happy here. Happy belated birthday to Jamie Gertz and happy birthday to, <laughs> and happy birthday to Drew. That's right. It's his big birthday. What's his Halloween. sign? Do we know? Do we know his sign? He's a Scorpio. Tr Trump would probably, Trump would probably say, you know, these these things aren't known. There's no way to know these things. But he's a Scorpio. Somebody said that. Yes, ML knew it. What does that mean? Nothing, because it's it, not it real. Said he's uh, he's a somewhat edgy, uh, acerbic, smart, uh, fiercely loyal, but also someone not to be trifled with. Okay. Yeah. That's a that's that's good. That's you said nothing, Mark. Hmm? You don't believe in astrology? No, not one. You weren't a fan of Nancy Reagan. <laughs> well, not not astrology. Okay, it's a scam. Anyway, yeah. Well, speaking of first ladies, uh, my wife Teresa Bald is on the line, joining us to Patiently talk waiting. about uh, to talk about this week's installment in the Soul of Detroit Book Club, the Matthew Perry memoir, which I think was doing pretty well in sales, and I'm sure has had a spike in sales. In the way that authors don't want to generate new sales, which is by dying. Um, if you have not been listening to the Drew and Mike show or any other media over the last 48 hours, uh, 72 hours now, I think I found out during Michigan State's drowning in a pool of its own uh, incompetence. It was after that. It was around uh, 8 o'clock on Saturday when okay. it broke. Yeah. yeah during so Ohio State. Look at you knowing the, knowing well, the time. I, as I said, I've said before, it was um, I was putting the kids to bed and following Ohio State Wisconsin on Twitter. Because that game big, was going on. You're a big Buckeye fan. Oh, and uh, Wisconsin plus 14 and a half. So. Damn. What? So, Who? Did you make any money? 14 and a half. They won, they what won does that 14. mean? But I don't know how much you bet. What, what'd you make? Don't worry about it. I broke even. You did not. I remember when I was a kid, my dad would always <laughs> just say he broke even. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going I'm just going with that. By the way, are you, you growing? break even. Are you growing? Because you just lowered your chair. Are you actually getting taller I in your I was 40s? looking at myself in the monitor, and I didn't like I didn't like. I so just to recap, Sean wants to get out of here quickly, <laughs> um, even though there's absolutely no evidence to support that. And uh, here's some news that we're breaking here. This is the longest my wife has been on a phone without saying something, so we can't really... <laughs> Be nice. We can't really let that record go any longer. Lovely, Teresa. Teresa Baldus of the Detroit Free Press, Michigan Journalist of the Year, uh, some time ago, actually quite a while ago. Some people have forgotten about that, but uh, it happened. It really happened. You still there, Teresa? Can we? I I am right here. Okay, so give us your your quick take, your uh, your, your Reader's on Digest your version on the uh, on the um, Matthew Perry uh, memoir, the Tell All. You know, it's uh, I, I I I warned Mike that I would probably get emotional during this interview. 
because uh, after while reading that book and after reading that book, I mean, this wasn't a book about Chandler Bing and friends. Um, it was a raw, honest look at these dark demons that Matthew Perry was battling. We, you know, we were heard about it in the media. We saw, you know, over the years, how he'd get thin, how he'd get fat, how he was doing drugs and addicted to drugs and drinking. But uh, honestly, the, the, his book just really opened himself up to, uh, you know, probably more scrutiny, criticism. People can say whatever they want, but I, I was, I was so touched by it, and it, it hit me personally for uh, a number of reasons. I know people who, uh, personally, who battle um, such problems, who battle depression, and uh, his book to me was almost um, a life lesson, uh, sort of a warning of what not to put your hopes and what not to to look forward to. So anyway, guys, you're probably all cringing over there, but mm-hmm. but honestly, I um. I was devastated when I got the news. I was in Chicago uh, eating dinner with my sister at a restaurant, and a friend of mine from Pittsburgh texted, Matthew Perry died, and my heart sank. I, I, I honestly, I just wanted to cry because um, I, I prayed for the guy. I, uh, you know, I, I, I read that he didn't want, when he died, he said he didn't want to be remembered for friends. He wanted to be remembered for someone who was trying to help addicts. And um, I can honestly say that when I got that text message, I didn't think of Chandler Bang. Uh, I thought of a guy who was lonely, who was scared, who was hurting and trying to help others and just couldn't, you know, I mean, we don't know the exact cause of his death, but I, I, my heart just sank. I thought, oh, my God, you tried so hard. And people were, you know, cheering him on. And, um, you know, he, he didn't make it. And we, we don't know exactly why. I mean, I, I suspect, you know, you know, I don't think you just drown in a jacuzzi by just sitting there. I imagine, no, you he, know, we're going to find out something. He had, has, uh, has that come out yet? Well, he had COPD, um, you know, breathing issues. He had played pickleball sure. uh, before. Um, he was on a bunch of meds and, he, you know, he's had heart problems and, you know, his colon exploded and, uh, and all those things. And yeah, Right, right. Yeah, I mean, his, his heart probably just stopped and... You know, I mean, if if he if he had a heart attack like that, I mean that that's sad too. I mean, clearly it's you know, did he did he take drugs one last time? If he didn't, you know, it doesn't I'm sound so like sorry. it. It really, I, you know, yeah, uh, it really doesn't sound scary. like did it. See, okay, did you see his last Instagram post on Friday? Yeah, his madman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and he said, "Is this supposed to kill the pain or whatever?" He was sitting in the hot tub, and you know, you wonder. How, I, I just, you know. I hope he just slipped away peacefully. Just the, you know, maybe in the end, his his whole, you know, his his addiction and his bad health caught up to him. Sure. Teresa, but, did, were you, know, you you were a big uh, fan of the show Friends? Huge, okay. huge! It got me through. You know, um, when it first came out, I remember we lived in New Hampshire. I mean, Mike and I, we were in our, you know, our early twenties, and you know, we'd catch it. I wasn't a rabbit fan initially, but um, I do remember that it got me through COVID. Hmm. Um. It got you I through Mike. It like, <laughs> got you yeah, through it Mike. got me through. <laughs> and you know, and it's so hard because so much. You know, yes, Chandler Bing always reminded me of Mike. I'm like, that is my husband. Mr. Really? Sarcasm, that's you know? that's really funny Mr. because Fuck. I uh, I've never liked Friends. I've never gotten it. And I I'll just admit it's just over my head or something. <laughs> and I think Chandler no, Bing. No, that's all right. I think Chandler Bing is like yeah. the worst character. Like I would never want to hang out with someone like oh, that. I, oh my I, God, I, I, Mark! How can you say that? But that that being said, right, right. Re- reading the book, not bad, Mike. I, 
Reading the book, though, um, and I want to know if you felt this way, Teresa. Did you, because I ended up liking him more because he seemed real. He didn't seem like Chandler Bing. He seemed like a real guy with an addiction, which we all know somebody that has an addiction. Um, Some of his jokes were a little, I don't know, some of his stories were a little too much for me. But the addiction stuff and his battles, yeah, I I like him a lot more than anybody else that was on that show now because he seemed real. Right, right. I know we like flawed people better, don't we? Oh, like, we can relate to them because we're all flawed. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, we are. We are. You know, I'll tell you the parts that and and, and I. I mean, some of his, you know, some of the stuff in the book about like my dad is the most beautiful man ever. I mean, he would he would be a little extra and over the top, yeah. and and some of that. You know, I, I didn't love all of it, but I loved probably ninety percent of it. Um, you know, the the bit about him seeing God in his kitchen. You know. I'm a person of faith. I totally believe that happened, and and I was so happy for him. And uh, the the part that struck me the most was um, the the one anecdote from that book that stood out. That one that I just mentioned, where he saw God mm-hmm. when he was at his weakest moment, and before he got friends, he was so obsessed with becoming famous that he dropped to his knees one night and said, "You know, dear God." You know, please make me famous. Whatever you do with me, make me famous and anything else. And then he later talks about, well, he made good on that and the rest as well. Well, he was a, um, he was a nepo know. baby. Yeah. Yeah, he, I, I he had just, a leg I up. mean, uh, well, I mean, I prayed to God know, he, for uh, to be an actor and it didn't work. Did you want to be an actor well, or did you want I to mean, be famous? Neither. You know, well, he, he, sure he, somebody he, else he here's the thing. He was so obsessed with fame, and I guess maybe that just touched me more because, I mean, I, I can you see that relate to that. But isn't the, <laughs> isn't the irony... No, honestly, no, the irony is myself. I mean, I, I, I admit, you know, I have an ego. I want to be loved and praised and, and, and to be appreciated, and, and I think often we all look for affirmation from well, the outside world. Oh, I'm guilty of it big time and and i think he was too and you know uh he's a lesson to us all that you know that's not where you're going to get it from all the money all the fame all the women all the booze in the end he died alone in a pool you know um and uh, in a way uh, in know, a way I, though it's almost like his fame is what led him down the path of his addictions now that's, right. not, that's not to say he, he couldn't have been addicted you know i don't know being right, a postal right. carrier or a podcast. Right, right. Yeah. Right. Right. But it's a lot easier when you're I, famous I, I with a lot of time and a lot of money. But Teresa, didn't he I read a story recently. I was not I'm like unfortunately like Mark maybe. Uh, I did not watch the show. Was not necessarily a fan of the show, but I did read a story the other day that credited him with uh, bringing in a new comedic cadence and the way he delivered his lines on that show uh spurred a lot of imitators and that even just people in the general populace delivering the language to their buddies and their pals and their friends in the, in the way he spoke. Was, oh yeah. I thought that was interesting that he was that influential. Was, he, I, I, well, he, he talked about that in the book and I'm like, did we really pick that up that much? You know, like, could you be any more channel? I mean, did we really talk like that? I don't remember it, but I mean, I, I keep reading these articles as well that he, uh, he sort of set off this, uh, whole cultural phenomenon where people talked like him where you know the chandler bingisms uh became part of pop culture's uh language and way of uh talking and and um you know I, I, apparently it did i mean i 
uh, you know. But I, that happens all I, the I time. My group of friends. When, when yeah. Fonzie was big, everybody's like, hey, sit on it and all that other stuff. Yeah. And then Michael yeah. Scott yeah. from The Office, yeah. so I was like, that's what she said. I mean, there are people Catch who, lines. yeah, they, they kind of, they what kind of talking about, Willis? take over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I didn't, yes. but, 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 but Teresa, I didn't think it was necessarily catch lines with him as much as the tone and the, the rhythm, the cadence of his delivery yeah. and yeah. how, and, and that you could apply that to lots of other things. It wasn't just a hey or whatever, or up your nose with a rubber hose, <laughs> that it was, that it was actually cadence. Well, it was always, he was well, always astonished, right? Like, could you be any more obvious? I mean, it was, he was overly dramatic. And I'll tell you what, he made every uh, squirty little smart ass punk feel like, hey, wait a minute, I can, I can get the babes because he's living with Joey Tribbiani and he's the one who hooked up with Batman's ex girlfriend. That's pretty good. Wait, which well, Batman? I mean, which Batman? I, Michael Keaton. Oh, no. You guys are getting off topic. Let's Courtney talk Cox about was Matthew. dated Matthew. Uh, you dated guys. Michael Keaton before. No, Teresa, the, the line I remember the most was actually fairly recently. It was six, seven years ago. He was on the Graham Norton are show. Are you going to finish that meth? Do you guys ever watch the Graham Norton show? Uh, we see clips every once no. in a while. See a clip or yeah, see a clip. Anyway, he's sitting next to an English actress. It's on Ann uh, her name television. is uh, Teresa. Her name is Miriam Margolis, and she's a was in Harry Potter and uh, AJ Anderson and some other things. She's talking about the first time she met Lawrence Olivier, and she said, "I remember it distinctly because I creamed my knickers." And Matthew Perry was sitting right next to her on the Graham Norton show on the couch, and said, "I've never been more uncomfortable in my life." But it was his delivery; it was the way he said it. That just killed the audience. Yeah. And you're not a fan. I just, I don't know. I don't think it was that unique. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I, I have to ask something about the book because the other I'm person. I'm a bad person, I guess. I don't know. The other person recently who said that I reminded them of Matthew Perry was my dentist after I went in for an emergency appointment. <laughs> and Is it he, the, the moose in the hair? And he Is booked. teeth? D- dentist. Not my, not my uh, style consultant dentist uh who booked me for an emergency root canal and i was thinking did she do i remind you of chandler bing because i'm going to lose all of my teeth what were the story with matthew perry's teeth i uh i don't i don't remember reading about his teeth in the book I, yeah, I don't think I it was in the book. remember a lot book, of other things. But he, he so when uh, they had I, the big friends reunion, um, he sounded terrible. I mean, you could barely understand. It was like a lot of, so people thought, oh boy, he's back on the stuff. But he had said that he just had emergency um, oral surgery. Oh shit. And that's why he, that's why he sounded that way. Um, I don't know if that's been proven either way, but at this point, who cares? Uh, but yeah, no, he definitely, I mean, definitely had some issues speaking and with his teeth and, you know, that's where I give him credit because he's trying to get this message out there. He seems very genuine uh, about rehab and helping people and getting over the stigma and that this is a disease. And he had no shame in doing interviews about it when he looked terrible and sounded terrible. So, I mean, you got to give the guy credit for that. I'm going to stay out of hot tubs yeah. just, to be, just to be safe. Who did you meet first, Teresa? Matthew Perry or Mike? Mike. Okay, I was trying to think of the time. I lost my. I, I lost. My, I met Mike when I was twenty. Hey, hey, hey. it's a family show. <laughs> um, so I'm just reading that Matthew Perry revealed he lost all his top teeth yeah. in addiction. Yeah. Okay. Um, although that's in the sun, so I don't know if in the UK. Maybe going so one at a time. Damn it. But I'm not uh, addicted. I'm I'm addicted to the love of a good woman. So you've heard uh, don't tell Teresa, Teresa cause she's on the show. You've heard him get yeah. your your hubby get compared to Matthew Perry over the years. 
Uh, say that again. I couldn't hear what you You've said. You've heard your hubby get compared to Matthew Perry over the years? Uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, when, whenever we, you know, whenever you watch a show, a group of friends, people talk, you know, who am I on the show? I mean, there was no dispute among any friends that Elric was Chandler Bing. Um, I like and, that you call him and, Elric. Uh, hmm. Elric. That's good for yeah, a while because people thought I was Phoebe's porn star sister. That caused some confusion. <laughs> And and it's you know I mean I I I uh, I have a a daughter who is you know wants to be a comedian and, it's, and, I, and I see a lot of her uh, personality traits and yearning for you know recognition and fame and and some I I just I mean and he's funny he's he's tragically funny he's his comedic genius it just reminds Wait, me a lot of about? her and and I, what's that we're still talking about Matthew Perry Matthew Perry. Okay. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. So, I mean, he reminds me of my husband. He reminds me of my daughter. He reminds me of myself. Um, no, I'm not obsessed with Matthew Perry, but after reading his book, I read, I saw so much, and and I just feel I learned so much. And, and, and I hope, you know, I mean, if his if his dying wish is that he left an impact on people and helped people, well, he, I'll tell you what, he has he has helped me. Um, I, I can honestly say that I'm just... I'm so mad. I'm so sad. I, I, in my head, I'm like, can we, we, I was out for a walk in Chicago. I'm like, I just want to rewind the day and have them wake up. You know, um, it's just, it's, it's honestly, it's so upsetting. Damn. It's, uh, I mean, yeah, it was just on a TV show. It's, it's not the TV show. It's after reading his book, I felt I knew a person who was really, struggling and really wanted to make it. I remember, and I read the book, my nephew bought it for me for Christmas after we watched him on uh, Bill Maher's show. And he got on there and Bill Maher said, hey, buddy, you know, I'm glad you're here. A lot of you had you uh, marked for gone. And and he said, yeah, I know. I'm glad to be here, too. And then and I listened to him and I, the interview really just got me. I really felt for him. I'm like, God, I want to read his book. And so I got it for Christmas and fell in love with it. I mean, I fully understand, you know, you see people in popular culture, particularly music, I would think, and when they died. That's a profound effect. That's never happened to you, ML, where you've had someone pass too soon and you're, it kind of bums you out or upsets you or makes you sad? Oh, yeah. I mean, it does all the time, but I mean, this is, uh, I mean, I'm about to lose a tooth and she's not shedding a tear, but some guy she never met dies in a hot tub and she's inconsolable. She, he means more to her than you. I, 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 we'll I, it's also yeah, just a tooth I, and I not can, a death. But. When I bring that tooth home, we'll see. There better be at least a, a little a little sobbing. I. With all the celebrity deaths that have happened over the year, I mean, I sound like, oh, that's a bummer. That's sad. That's sad. This is the only one that affected me personally. The only one. See, I, I, was, I was upset when uh, Norm MacDonald passed. Like, that one That one really bothered me because it's like, oh, great. No more Norm, period. Never again. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right, no, I get right, it. right. But that, that, know, that was special to me. I, I wasn't sad for me at all, but I'm gonna, I was sad for him because I knew how hard he was fighting to live. Um, and, 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 and that's who I was sad for. So, you know, I mean, uh, he, he's free now. He's, he's at peace. And I, and I hope the white light he saw in his kitchen is with him now. I, I, I tend to think it is. Um, so and, yeah, when somebody like, uh, when somebody like Matthew Perry dies, one of the things that I'm always struck by is a lot of people, would change places with him in a minute. A lot of people want that fame. They want that wealth. They want those connections. They want that privilege. And when you see somebody who has it all and you read about how miserable they are and how it didn't make them feel 
any better. I mean, I'm sure they felt great many times, but in the end, it didn't bring them happiness. To me, that's the lesson that I take of something like this. If you're sitting here and your life's pretty good and you're thinking, boy, I'd like to be a big deal, um, this in a way is almost reassuring that, uh, that maybe the life you're living is a pretty good life. Maybe it's a better life than someone who, like Matthew Perry, had all kinds of connections growing up. His parents were musicians and had some uh, a toehold in Hollywood. He he knew Justin Trudeau, which means he had yeah. some political connections. He hooked up with some of the, the best-looking and most popular and elusive leading ladies of his time. I mean, then he had the money, then he had the fame, then he had everything, and then it didn't make him happen. He was chasing something else. I, You know, when I when a light like that gets extinguished, I kind of feel like... My little flicker is is feels a lot, a little more satisfying than it might have been. Not because he's dead, but just to say, uh, I don't have much of what this guy has on a grand scale, but I'm still going, and and life's pretty good, and I haven't been tempted by any of those things that that tortured him. But Teresa, when you read this, doesn't the book kind of transition from uh, I was this hot shot who was in charge and running the show at home and banging everything I could and hotshot athlete. And then I became a big star to, Oh crap, my life sucks. I mean, is, does the book have sort of a, a tone change in the middle or a key change? No, actually the tone throughout the whole thing is that my life has always sucked and that I hit it. That that's what I took from it. I mean, I thought he misnamed the book. I think the title of his book should have been, unattended minor the common theme through this oh, whole book is is that um, he keeps using the term he keeps re- referring to the term unattended minor and that's because his mom when he was a little kid put him on a plane to go visit his dad um when he was like five years old and he was wearing a tag called that said unattended minor and they had to keep a, uh, an eye on him. Well, he uses that phrase over and over and over again and talks about not feeling enough, not feeling loved, not having um, someone care about him enough. And, he was, he and, was an and oddly then, uh, lonely guy. Yes. And and I'll tell you what I was surprised to. You know, you hear about all these, uh, you know, Hollywood celebrities, you know, how they party, they do this, and they're always with, like, big groups. A lot of the time when he was ta- he just just go home alone. He partied by himself. He yeah. was hiding his addictions. And and if he had a party at his house, I mean, it might be him and like a, a very very small handful of people. He was always by himself. But uh, going back to this thing where he said, um, you know, about fame, you know, and he said, uh, I yearned for it more than any person on the face of the planet. I needed it. it. Was the only thing that would fix me. I was certain of it. And then he talks about afterward, you know, having had it. You know, it, it, it doesn't work. And he said, and nobody who doesn't have it will believe me. This reminds me of Mike, who has won the Pulitzer, and I always <laughs> admire it. And I'm like, God, I, and he's like, it's really not all that it's cracked up it to came be. With a pay I'm cut. like, that's because you, I'm like, I know, oh, you guys, we know. <laughs> wah, they wanted wah, 13. <laughs> but, the first, you know, if I'm like, that's easy for you to say. You Congratulations, got it. You know, but, by the way. I didn't know you won a Pulitzer. <laughs> that's awesome. You probably haven't heard me mention it. <laughs> but, it's I mean, fantastic it really news. They yearn for something, that wants something. I mean, Matthew Perry's right. I mean, you, you, until you have it and have experienced, you just don't know. And the person who has it can tell you until they're blue in the face, listen, this isn't what you want. Trust me. And then the other person's out there, you know what? Give me a shot at it. Give me a taste of it, and then I'll tell you what I think. But, um, 
Yeah, it's uh, no, I, I, I think I got his message loud and clear. So why Fame does he name drop all these people? Isn't there some braggadocio in this book? I mean, isn't isn't oh, yeah. there some of his famous. some of his vanity and insecurity coming through by trying to show trying everybody? To rip him down? What a, no, I just I'm just curious because I haven't read the book. I'm not going to read the book. The other book Treese is reading, I'm not going to read. Spare about oh. Prince. Spare me. I'm. I don't want anybody to pay attention to me. Here's my book, yeah. uh, Harry. But. Um, but I mean, what what I've heard about the book, some of some of which was from Drew and Mike when it first came out, was, you know, all these women he was with, and I was a great tennis player, and I kicked uh, uh, Justin Trudeau's ass when we were in school. Some of that kind of feels like somebody overcompensating, just say, "Hey, look at me! I guess I am well, pretty cool." Nah, for anybody, but you who didn't you didn't, you didn't strike you that way from the book. He doesn't name, I mean, he dated Julia Roberts. People know that. So, of course, he's going to talk about it in his book. And actually, I mean, he mocks himself throughout the whole book. There's sort of a Rodney Dangerfield quality to it. He he does not brag about himself at all. I mean, he's self-loathing. That's what I took from it. And for the guys who are sitting back and saying, for Drew and Mike to go look at him and say, oh, he's name dropping. He's acting, you know, he's bragging. That's bullshit. That's mostly Mike, he did not, not do that. Whatever, whoever, whoever did it. Uh, it, it's it's just. I mean, yes, he name drops, but it's 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 not. Um, it's not because he has to. He doesn't have to name drop for crying out loud. He's Matthew Perry, you know. He dated. He, he then he talks about how he messed up with Julia Roberts and who the great loves of his life were. He also talks about and disclosed that he had a wreck. He couldn't get it up because of all the booze. I mean, who admits that? You know, I mean, this isn't and in, in, in how he Certainly just nobody you know. relationships. <laughs> That's not you a know? problem that you've encountered before, according but, to what yeah, I no, I think what I read in the author's notes of the Kwame Sutra. No, quiet. Anyone who would pick on him <laughs> oh, I like that. or try to say that he was trying to brag. Teresa, can you come you into know. the studio every week and just tell him to be quiet? Hey, you're the only one he listens to, apparently. He 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 won't listen. I mean, he just did right now because I don't know. Maybe he has to. I don't know. He's oddly silent. Yeah, I'm waiting oddly for permission silent. to speak again. Simon says you can talk right. again. I don't know what the hell's going on with right. this show. Joe leaves, and all of a sudden it goes to hell, man. <laughs> I, I gotta run, guys. All right, I gotta that, run. Thanks, all right. Thank you for having me. If there's a, you know, I mean, you know. Always good Matthew to Matthew Perry. Always I, good to talk. I, 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 yeah. All right, guys. Take care. Be good to one another, and no more, no more bad jokes. Bye. Well, I didn't know she had such a good time in Chicago. <laughs> well, you weren't there. By the way, one of you guys mentioned cool, and I, I don't think anybody on that show was cool outside of the show. None of them outside the, of the show. The closest would be Lisa Kudrow, who was sort of the most interesting. Yeah, I, like right? her. I mean, Jennifer right. Aniston's clearly the biggest star. Yeah. I can't and then, stand her, and then maybe Courtney Cox after that. But, but Lisa Kudrow was the one that seemed interesting. None of them have really, right? Uh, I, I like LeBlanc. I think LeBlanc's kind of a, a fascinating guy. I don't You're know talking in real, life? in real life? In real Is life. Is he cool, though? But, but that was my point. I think Matthew Perry seems the most realist of them because he opened up and said, yeah, he's No, for sure, but he wasn't cool. No. David Schwimmer's not cool, no. right? No. Okay, I, mean, I saw David Schwimmer in a Holocaust movie, and he was playing a member of, I think, the Jewish resistance. And the whole time I'm watching him, waiting for him to do something stupid, like fall down some stairs or... Mm. You know, have his his wife's lesbian lover bring their baby by. I mean, that that role was so defining of him as kind of a goofball. But even when he was, uh, he did the cameo and not the cameo. It was more a cameo and Curb Your Enthusiasm. He wasn't really 
I don't know. Who yeah. Schwimmer? Yeah. yeah. The, the 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 show which I'm with you, Mark. I never watched the show. And uh, I thought just, it was a good show, and it's it had a big resurgence. Lots of young people like it, just like The Office is kind of coming back. It's I don't it's get it. it's thirty minutes of brain candy, you know. I, I mean, mean, The Office was a little more, a little more to it, right? Yeah. Well, I think, so. I, I think more realistic. I mean, well, yeah, certainly um, a bunch of a better uh, wit to it, better a bunch jokes. of people with the only realistic character in it really was probably Jennifer Aniston because. She lives in this amazing apartment in Manhattan uh, and can afford it while working as a barista. But yeah. her whole backstory, she's rich as hell. So that's that's why. That's that's how kind of stories like that happen. You don't have struggling young people living in massive apartments in the middle of urban centers and then not seeming to have a job or any responsibilities whatsoever. The response but. to his death has just been pretty wild to me. I don't know. Just seeing people drop off flowers to yeah, the location. The well, he the was part building. of a he was part of a show that meant an awful I, lot I to an awful lot of people. No, well, like I just said, I mean, when Norm McDonald died, it was kind of I was really heartbroken by it. But I'm not going to go. He, but he wasn't the cultural touch. No, though, but for me, I mean, he meant he meant a lot more to me than. Well, no, I felt that friends. way. When, I felt that felt that way when Gary Shandling died. Right, it's another another example that would really bother me. Brilliant, me out. Right, yeah, just. And his show was oh my god! But I'm not going to go to where they filmed Larry Sanders. No, no, stuff. no. But but the, even Larry no Sanders' show Burbank, is, is interesting. Willingly, as new as interesting as that show was, Larry Sanders it didn't it didn't get into people's bellies the way Friends did. You know? What no, I, mean? I know. Well, Friends was yeah, uh, it was uh, it was kind of like comfort food, and for all the must must see uh, Thursday stuff. Uh, it was better than any of the, the terrible, terrible shows that came after it, like um, the one with Leah Thompson, and then there was the one with Brooke Shields, City, and they were just yeah. awful. They were so bad. Suddenly Susan. Right. They were so <laughs> bad that Seinfeld had that skit about lead-ins, you know, how yeah. stuff was only popular because it came in after after Seinfeld. But, you know, the thing about Matthew Perry that I find compelling is that he was an interesting guy. I mean, this guy was a top athlete in Canada before he became an entertainer. His family had some, you know, brush with fame and a little bit of success. Mm -hmm. um, and then his stepfather's Keith Morrison. Yeah, well, that's really Matthew, odd. Matthew, are you just floating or are you doing the backstroke? You know, he's kind of a, a become a cultural icon himself. But he tried to turn his success story into a redemption story. And that's that's kind of, in a way, you know, he, he sort of lit his own light for people to gravitate towards, although hopefully they find uh, they find their sobriety in a better way than, than he did, because it sounds like this is a dude who... I mean, 54 is too young. Hit the bottom, yeah, 54. No matter, no matter who you are, how well, it happens. It is, it is too young. Yeah, By I the way, he... Teresa told us no more bad jokes, so... What bad joke? No, you're not saying. I'm just as a as a precursor. Well, that's the end of this it's show. Preemptive, yeah. Exactly. Or is that a bad joke? All right. Uh, are we going to talk about Michigan, or are we done? We're done. We are ready we, for oh, Cyrus. Be, before we go, though, I, I want to talk about something <laughs> well, no, we have Matthew Paris related. We have sponsors. Ma Matthew Perry related that, that that Drew and Mike were talking about. Yes. That Aaron Sorkin show he was on. Yeah, six Studio Sixty on the Sunset yeah, Strip. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and you said you watched that, Mark. I did. And you, I've, I liked it. Yeah, I heard you say. I, I got to tell you. Everything Aaron Sorkin does seems to be so unrealistic. Of course. You know, when I watched that show, everybody was so earnest and everything was so important. Everybody was, it was just, yeah, well, yeah, that I mean, show, I okay. thought that show was 
horrible. But it was it on this podcast. It was an interesting choice for him. Let me ask you. Let me ask this in this podcast. Did you watch the newsroom? I watched clips of the newsroom. Right. And you've worked in a newsroom, and I'm sure that was horribly unrealistic. Oh my god, the Jeff Daniels character. Please, it's a setting for characters, though. Uh, Well, it's uh, Aaron Sorkin. Whenever I hear that Aaron Sorkin is doing something. I, I, I feel like I already know what the show is going to be like. Everybody's going to be a lot sincere to the 10th degree. Yeah, it's going to be like a David Mamet play when everybody is just, oh, too clever and everything is oh, so perfect and everybody's oh, so. And it just, after a little while, you say, please, please stop. This is, this is, no, 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 this is too much. But uh, that show didn't make it very long. And I think that was probably, probably fitting. But, um, but yeah, no, it was it was uh, it was an interesting choice for him, and uh, yeah, Andrew uh, Aaron Sorkin, no, no thanks. Who's still with us, right? I believe he is, unless he had, he unless quite, he's blown he it up himself. Addiction. Yeah, because he likes the booger sugar like nobody else. Crack. He was, was, crack was it crack? Yeah, oh, he, he went for the a, hard stuff. Pretty oh. sure he was a crack smoker for a while. I think he's clean now. Good for, good for him. Jeez, <laughs> that sounded insincere. That's uh, maybe this is something he can, it was. he can take a warning from. Okay, Sean, um, you wanted to talk about something. You made no, clear. I didn't really. Oh. I, I wanted you to read the sponsor, and then I thought we had Geek of the Week, and then uh, some music, and no. Well, I'll tell you about Luke Nowacki. There's a lot there of difficult things in life. You got to be prepared for all your kind of finances. Matthew Perry, by the way, just sold thirty three million dollars of uh, real estate and bought a new ho- that new house where he passed away it was eight million. So he handled his money really well. So if you want to be like Matthew Perry fiscally. Maybe not uh, mental health or I don't know where I'm going with this, uh, but call Luke Nowacki. Uh, Matthew yeah, Perry, not a client, as I, far I'm as we sh- know. I'm sure Luke is thrilled. Strategies. Well, if he was, I mean, he did a pretty good job with his money, and Luke can do that for you, right? Figure right. out if you're on target to meet your goals. Give Luke Nowacki a call. Get a free consultation. Two four eight six six three forty seven forty eight. That's two four eight six six three forty seven forty eight. Because if you expect to live longer than 40 years old, or 54 years old, Luke will make it all about you, sweetheart. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Omaic Wealth. Sync member F-I-N-R-A-S-I-P-C. Omaic Wealth. Sync is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent. Omaic Wealth. Inc. So the Kaju Cafe <laughs> is a great place to have a good time. Uh, great, great music. Muscles. Great food. Great times. Yes, uh, Muscle Madness. Every Monday, tonight, Tuesday, Halloween, they are having a big-ass costume party. And Eric Goebel and the Flying Crowbars will be performing. Wednesday is karaoke. On Friday, Shattered, a Rolling Stones tribute, will be playing at the Cadu. Saturday is the Flashback Bash. Sunday, Eric Goebel's Sunday Funday. Eric just cannot get enough of the East Side. And on Monday is Blue Mondays, which is the Open Blues Jam, and of course, Muscle Madness, all-you-can-eat mussels. I don't know if you've ever had mussels before, but mussels and French fries is a huge Belgian delicacy. I do not uh, adventure into the mussel world, but when you go to the Cadu Cafe, like, okay, I'll get mussels. And they're like, well, what kind? You said, what do you mean? It's like, like, there's like 20 different kinds of mussels. You had no idea. There are more mussels on their menu than there are in your body. So to find out more, go to caducafe.com and you'll find a link to their website on our website, Cadu Cafe. Great place for a great time. Now, we were going to talk about um, all the stuff involving, uh, what do you, you want to call it, sign gate? I yeah, it was Be- before you leave, I don't want you to leave because I value your opinion, oh, even when it's wrong. You. Um, thank you. But that means a lot. I just want to say, I th- am thoroughly, as a Michigan fan still, I'm thoroughly enjoying this quote-unquote scandal with Connor Stallions for so many different reasons. Number one, is there really a victim here? 
Worst know, porn other, name ever. Other, well, it's a pretty good porn name. Counter Stallions. Come on. But is there really a victim here other than Michigan's opponent? So, so when a when a kid in University of Michigan in a, I don't know, chemistry class or a, a history class uh, finds a way to get the answers to the test, um, who's the victim? Well, I mean, no one really. I mean, he's cheating himself, Sean. Is that what you want me to say? Is he? Is he? First is off, he, you're not supposed to do that. The NCAA already said yeah, you can steal. It's not that they stole science; it's how they did it, which yeah. they broke a rule. What? Where, but no, I mean, to but, me, it's no different than what happens in a classroom. What? What, well, the, what do you do? I think it's vastly different. How is it any different? Because you're not allowed to steal um, the answers to a test, and you're not allowed to steal signs in person on uh, in scouting like that. Okay, so you know oh, why? So because the, you can so it's actually the manner in which they were because, stolen. So you can because you can actually steal signs that way. So there's a man. So it's the manner. So if it, I'm, no, it if gives I'm, you a, it gives you a chance to actually. So if steal I'm ta- if I'm that student, I'm taking a test and I peek over and see the. I just happen to see an answer. That's okay. No, you can't do that either. <laughs> yeah, you're not allowed hey, to apples do apples it. And oranges. You're not allowed well, to I, scout. You know why you're not allowed to scout? Because it gives you an idea. Yeah, sure. But what I is, mean, a much better idea. You know, and now we're gonna get in the weeds because what is scouting, right? What is in-game scouting? Can I watch the games on TV or the All-22s, which every team does? Can you see the sidelines um, uh, from TV uh, c- consistently? Yes. No, not you, consist- no, no, you can't. I, I'm not disagreeing with no, that, but I'm just saying there is. this is why it's, it's so you're one of these. So you're one of these, it's okay that Michigan fucked up because this is no. silly rule. No, 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 no. That's where you I'm, fall. Okay. I'm, I'm of the camp of it's not nothing. It's something. I don't think it's that bad of, of, of a penalty. It's much worse than recruiting violations they're, oh, I they're going but against the finish, spirit of the it's... competition that's what they're doing that's what they're doing it's the same as plagiarism it's the same no, it's as not. cheating on a test it's exactly it's the same it's against no, it's the spirit of whatever no, the competition not. or the I, task is I, I just i disagree with that because the ncaa had a chance to stop this you know 30 years ago 20 they just looked at it recently and said you know what not that big of an advantage we're going to let it keep happening even Brian Kelly came out, which I hate being on the same side as Brian Kelly, but he said, not that big of an advantage. I don't think I've ever lost a game. Do you think stealing signs, let's say they stole the signs with Penn State last year, did that really give them a 25-point advantage? If they know what's coming, TCU seemed to think it did. How many, how, many TCU, po- how many points did TCU score as a matter of record through the, through the season? 51. 14 of those were on pick sixes. No, did, I understand that. that, that how many did they score in the Big 12? They knew it was going to be a How throw? many did they score in the Big 12 no, championship they were, game they were against the a lesser team? They weren't the ones stealing sign ML. No, but how many did they score? Maybe that's what they want you to think. They're in your head. Right? Uh, it's all, uh, th- 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 that's all I just, bullshit. I just, it's like Deion no. Sanders saying. He's you right, can send though. Them. He's not right. He oh, ever. really? Then go into the go into the meetings. Then let the coaches say, oh, come on, come into our film sessions, come into our game plan I'm just saying, the NCAA. There's no way. They won't even let him go to practice. The NCAA said, not that big of an advantage. Other coaches are saying, not that big of an advantage. So here's, then why not legalize it? I'm loving this, by the well, way. It is. But, it's not illegal to but, steal signs. But one thing no, that I but think. But it is illegal to go scout in person where sure. you can actually really get the signs. Sure. And they were caught doing it. I just don't think the. I just don't think the penalty is that going to be that bad. Look at Spygate, right? Isn't that the thing that comes closest to it in the NFL? Yeah. It what was, was the a, penalty? A first-round draft pick, which is pretty big, and a $500,000 fine to Belichick. Belichick and a $250,000 fine for the Patriots. Okay. So they lose um, two scholarships, which now you're penalizing kids. You last, you, the they lost the first-round draft pick, which is a big deal. Sure. No, I know. So you lose a couple scholarships, which is then penalizing the it's kids. Which pretty the, low first-round draft pick. but Yeah. I, I just don't. 
my point being, it's not nothing, but it's also not this big. Here's thing the difference, and I argued this. In, I argued this. Here's in where the it gets column. fascinating. Yeah, go ahead. I argued this in the column. Here's the difference to me, and I mentioned the Patriots in the column. That organization exists. Oh well, first of all, to make money, but secondly, to win. That's it. And there's there's no association with any other thing. It's just a team that's supposed to win, and the people that support that team want it to basically do whatever it can, maybe short of killing somebody. To win. That's how professional sports work. That's college football. University of Michigan, yes, it is a business. I And you and I argue with Mike about this all the time. It is a business. But it is still attached to a larger, much larger uh, uni- uh, universe organization whose mission is very, very different than winning. Right? It's an educational mission. So if you're going to have those students the, over here on this part of campus say, oh, yeah, fine, cheat, whatever you want, and you're not going to do it over here. I, to me, it's, cannot, it's cannot just argue, so hypocritical. You, you cannot, it's ridiculous. Wait, you cannot argue that and then, like you said, tell ML that it is a business and they should be paying players. Well, they should be, and it is a business. But Businesses still, aren't supposed to cheat but either. But still so attached. We have rules and laws. They're still and attached to a university, so it's not quite like New England. Did you see the right. new, did you see the newest piece of news? Because there's been this really slow drip. A lot of it just kind of, I think, silly stuff like the ball boys holding up a ball with one left hand or right hand. Which okay, that happens a lot during a game too. But anyway, the new the new story today, which I kind of laughed at when I first saw it, the Connor Stallions on the sidelines of the Michigan State Central game. Have you yeah. seen that? Yeah. It is. Is it that is, photoshopped? No. No. Okay. And and Central Michigan has. Open an investigation, which I wonder. Isn't he it? standing with McIlvain's uh, shoulder or the, the head coach? No, he's standing by the offensive line coach. But and it's, the head it's some sort of coach, right? I mean, there's offensive line and the yeah. Chief it recruiter. looks like he got a friend but, pass, a sideline pass. No, he has a he has a um, he has a team pass, right? For the, Central, for Central Michigan game, and, and there's a lot of connections. I mean, McIlvain, the head coach at Central, did coach at Michigan for what a year. But it's it's a VB pass, which is visitors bench. Uh, um, but they've actually opened an investigation because, as Morris's story goes on, it really seems like, yeah, he probably was on the sidelines. That no, game, I feel I the, which, the, the, which kind of helps Michigan's argument. I feel for the players to some degree, and I feel for the students and alums really? other than you who actually why. Yeah. Uh, why? You know, my, my nephew, for example, he hates it because because they're going to be associated with cheating because it's going to have an asterisk and it's not and it's going to be that way for, for a while. Name one winning program that doesn't have cheating accusations thrown at them. No, but you're doing what aboutism. No, I, I don't want to hear that. Though I'm not doing what aboutism. I'm talking about Michigan. I am loving it. We're just talking about Michigan. There and the students. Uh, and I, I feel it, bad for these students. They've got why? Because they've got a great football team. Yeah, and they're having all this fun, and all of a sudden now it's going to be—it's tainted, and uh. that's not fun. I've talked to a bunch of them already; yeah. they hate it yeah. because they got—you don't care because you're kind of a sociopath. But most people, <laughs> hey. do. most people do. Michigan alone. Wait, what they, I know? This is what boils do. down to. What I, of course, what I rather—they don't want it tainted. What I rather, Connor Stallings, and right now looks like he's this rogue employee that put together this fucking manifesto to take over the. Well, pro- of course I mean, the you guys, would. The guy. You don't. So you think Harbaugh's involved? No, no. I said, of course you of hope course that the coach is involved. No, no, no. I'm just. Of look- course, the head coach is involved. Absolutely. Somebody okay, on the staff. How can is. you say that? How can you say, of course? Because maybe Jay told him when he reimbursed Stallions, the head coach. In 2018, when he was a volunteer. Sure. The head coach oh. knows what's going on with this well, kind of look, stuff. He, this, this is not. I, I don't know. This if he is knew not, or not somebody who came up 
with there's uh, very little evidence. You're talking about somebody who came with very, Coach Klein's spiral binder in the water boy and said, "Hey, Coach Bolu, here's some good plays." But I think it is. I absolutely think he's this rogue guy who wanted to be the smartest. Rogue man is him. another piece of propaganda. Come on, okay. man, you're better. Than, I think he's a guy that wanted the MGO blog crowd. What? Rogue, whatever. Rogue. I won't oh. say rogue. Everybody does it. He's rogue. Oh, it's not that big a deal. It's not that big of an advantage. I, Quit dismissing it, it. it. It's not me saying this. It's not the Michigan crowd saying it's the NCAA. They're NCAA that They're said not it. saying it. They're investigating it. They have a, they have a rule in the books. It. They absolutely said that. Harbaugh. Sign- Harbaugh. No, they're talking about scouting, in person scouting. Quit sure. conflating them. Sure. If, if Harbaugh you know, has you know, an you know what the penalty has been in the past for in, in season scouting? There's no precedent for this, actually. There, for in-season scouting, there is. And it was a half a game for the one game he did it. Yeah, and the guy left. Well, he's done right. it for more than when one he game. Found, right? When he so, found that guy so, you're talking about, when he found out, so he left. The question is. When he found out, he, he didn't know it was illegal either, by the way. And when he found out, he left in the middle of the fucking game. The question is, who paid for it, right? Where'd that money come from? Did it come from Connor St- Stallion's uh, family? Or did the University of Michigan reimburse him? That changes the whole story. Was Connor Stallings not an employee of the University of Michigan? Starting last year, yeah. Was he not an employee of the athletic department? Starting last year, yeah. Okay. So the head coach has an employee, and this guy is never there on game day. He doesn't know where this guy is. He is he, there on game day. Well, I mean, he's on other. He's at other places on. No, he's game. not. No, he's on he the sidelines on game day. He had proxies for him. Yeah, he oh, didn't go. So he's so, the he's so, the guy who, so that's who my processes point. the information so that's my that point. the who do you agents have compiled? Who do you suspend then? These well, third gotta, parties that he paid? No, well, it's him. No, you're going to suspend be Harbaugh the because he stopped with the head coach. Exactly. Isn't that NCAA, the responsibility we're teaching the kids? Well, they did. The NCAA did change their bylaws this year, and that's where Harbaugh could be in a lot of trouble. His own, but his own icon, now, his own, the guy he looks up to the most said, you know, what's Schembechler's famous quote, right? Talking about, hey, you Dr. can't. Anderson didn't do nothing. No, is that, well, that too. No, he said, ball. you can't not know. Of course, you know, if you don't know, then you should have known. That's from Schembechler. I know. From 40 Harbaugh, years ago. I've said it before. You've heard me say it. Harbaugh's weird. Harbaugh's a nut. And he's a liar. And he's terrible. His at, own university has said he's a liar and suspended for three days. So if he says yeah. he didn't know, that's three coming games. from the lips of a liar. Did I say three days, three games? Yeah. Okay, but you're just saying he knew when there's, you know, the Washington. I don't know if he I'm knew saying, or not. I'm saying he said he didn't know, the point. and he's a liar. So if he says he didn't know, I believe he knew. I'm I mean, saying that's beside the point. You know, the will hold him responsible. That Washington Post article comes back, right? And everybody points at all the terrible things that was in it last weekend, but nobody's pointing out that there doesn't seem to be a connection to Harbaugh because I'll. This is my this is my feeling. No, but can, the Post article said there were can, other staffers, then you right? Can, yes, it did. Yeah. And then you, which could be interns, which seems like there was, could be Jay Harbaugh. Fine, blow him out too. And and if there is a connection, yeah, blow him out. I just, I think when it comes down to it, I don't think it is that much of a competitive advantage, and I don't think they're going to start this weird precedent of hammering these schools. The NCAA has been toothless, and they can run out the clock on a lot of things, right? It took him six years to get the Kansas deal done. Don't justify it ended, this. No, I'm not justifying. I'm just telling you the state of what the NCAA is. The Big but we Ten, all know that. Yeah, I know. The Big Ten, on the other hand, could put the hammer down. But there is a little be careful of what you wish for there. And what other, Are you really going to hurt arguably your biggest brand in your conference? No, they don't want to hurt Ohio State. Uh, can, can I, said I arguably your biggest? No, brand. You okay. I, I, under, I understand. Can all I offer that, two things? But don't just, but don't so, justify. Because I've heard you guys going back and forth and and 
enjoyed it tremendously. I mean, just really, this has been the highlight of my football season because there's nothing good coming out of East Lansing. But there's two thoughts that I have with this. One is, listen, you could tell me what play's coming next, and if Blake Corum comes running towards me, he's going to go over me. So to some extent, knowing what's coming doesn't mean you can stop it. But on the other hand... It does mean you can bring your safeties but, up but and hold crowd on, so your you, linebackers closer to the line just, of scrimmage. So just let yeah. me bring my second point in. These championships and games are won, just like, just like uh, Al Pacino said, any given Sunday, by inches. We need these inches. These guys study everything. They have all this stuff because seconds count. That's why we have replay, because they want to see whether a spot was right. Every little play contributes to victory or defeat. Any edge you can get working hard or running up a sand hill like Walter Payton makes a difference. And when you are trying to be the top program out of 125 programs in the country, and it's so competitive, that little edge you may get from knowing what play is coming when you have somebody who's better than me trying to stop somebody, I, I don't can dis- make a difference. I don't disagree with either of those points. And I that's think, what's wrong with it. I is think the he's advantage for isn't edge. is as big as some people think it is. I really just no, don't. but it is an you're, advantage. You're not you're There's not going to no have Slippery Rock beat Michigan even if you diagram every, every play. single play. Sure, exactly. There's no debate there, and I think that's what Deion Sanders was saying, as he said, I think rightly. Curveball versus fastball. It's a one-on-one. Huge One-on-one situation, difference. too. You versus the, uh, yeah. the pitcher. But but at the same time, I think it does make a difference, and I think it just goes to show that just like with the satellite camps and everything, Jim Harbaugh is a coach who came in here to win. He loves loopholes. He's going to use every single thing at his disposal to win. Sure. He's either going to use loopholes or he's going to exploit perceived loopholes. But what it comes down to is, is exactly what Sean wrote last week and which I've said on this podcast before. When you set yourself up as a paragon of virtue, we want everything investigated to the nth degree, Mm -hmm. but not us. You're a stinking hypocrite, and you shouldn't be plotting that, pushing that crap out there that we're better than everybody else because guess what? You've lowered yourself to everybody else. And I don't want to see Michigan fans making fun of Buckeye fans anymore. Because you're the same thing. You'll do whatever it takes to win. You just want the W because you know what it's like without every college program. Sorry. And that's that's, Yeah, but Michigan's been the only one that's pointed. I mean, Harbaugh did especially. What? Pointed the other fingers at, uh, or pointed fingers oh, no, at other I, programs. I mean, I'm not going to defend them for that. No, no, there's no question for that. I, well, why, of course, it's a competitive advantage. Yeah. You, you know what? You whatever about slippery lock. If Penn State knows what's coming, they bring you know you, you know a runs coming. They beat them by 25 last. But year. But if you know a runs coming, right, you stack it up. You, of course, it's a competitive um, advantage. Well, it, it apparently if it's ev- not a competitive advantage, why, why do they do, do it? it? Sure. That's, that answers itself. Sure, but how much of a competitive advantage? Who knows, but and, that's and beside the point. We're not trying to it's measure not, though. angels it, on the it head It is of beside the point. It's, it's, it's completely beside the point. Is, is speeding two miles over the limit as bad as speeding 28 or 40 miles over the speed limit? With oh. an unloaded gun in your car? I mean, an unregistered gun in your car? Yeah, it's bad. If you're speeding 28 <laughs> I mean, miles there's, over there's, the, in a residential neighborhood? I'm just saying, that's bad. it's not as black and white as a lot of people want to make, to make it out to be. It's not nothing. I've said this millions of times. It's not nothing, but I don't think it's this whole no, thing. No, if you're looking at, okay, crime of passion or uh, or manslaughter, you know, versus... Michigan has a monster Versus murder, team. you know, a, they, right? Premeditated murder? Well, this is premeditated. It, it may not be murder, but it's premeditated, man. This was sure. an elaborate deal sure. that's tied into a few coaches on the staff. Well, we'll see. Maybe not a few, but we'll at see. least one. We'll see, because so far, every story that's come out says he didn't know about it, 
Harbaugh. I'm talking about know. Harbaugh. I'm talking about the people on his staff. Who Josh? So it's just let me. Ask no, it wasn't names. We don't know no, who yet. No, but. there's been names named. Uh, Josh Gaddis was a big one that was named. Does he get in trouble at Maryland now? Now that he's at Maryland, is he at Maryland? No, the Post reported that there were a couple of staffers Jay who were Harbaugh. taking this information. Jay Harbaugh is the one that, as ML mentioned, posted mentioned yeah. Jay he Harbaugh. He and Francis kid can get a, a university apartment somewhere. And I think Chris uh, Partridge was the other one, the linebacker coach who left and then came back again. So I didn't see those names in the post. It's though. not nothing, and if those people are named, it, it, I really, my heart of hearts, when you look at the stuff, it really seems like this guy, and I'm basing it, yes, on the Richard Don't say jo- rogue. I didn't say rogue. I'm basing it on what Richard Johnson wrote in Sports Illustrated. Connor Stallions. Also a great porn name. Is a weird fucking guy, and Connor Stallions seems to me to be the kind of guy. So is the coach. No, I, no I'm talking about Connor, though. He seems to me to be the kind of guy who wants to be the smartest in the room. So he, I mean, this dude is a fanboy. He wants to really impress everybody. So is he going to give his secrets away, or does he want to look like he's some kind of savant? Now, if you want to be mad at Harbaugh for not questioning, hey, how are you, how are you so good at this? I'm not mad fine. at anybody. I actually, well, like, as- I, like I said, I actually have some empathy for for the you know student body who are innocent and all this, the players, you know, I don't know that they know what's going on. Maybe they well, do, uh, let's say these alleged interns or the third party people. Do you have empathy for them? They probably didn't know it was a crime. Yeah, it looks not a crime. I'm sorry, it looks they probably like didn't know it was a uh, against the violation, against the rules. violation of the NCAA. no. It's uh, it, there was some reporting even that some were like, yeah, are you sure this is okay? Right? They sure. kind of you know. Listen, yeah, Michigan, it was okay. Michigan has an incredibly talented team, one of the best in the country, capable of winning it all. Maybe they maybe. will, maybe they won't. We'll see. And I think what they did sucks, but I hope that it doesn't cause them to lose games because they're they're distracted. They should. Well, they haven't played anybody yet. I thought you meant not playing. No, no, no. What I mean is I want this team to rise and fall based on its talent and its hard work, and I hope that this doesn't derail them. And if they win it all, I hope this doesn't leave a bad taste in their mouth. This is not the same as the Astros winning it all, but it is the same in that if you're wearing that ring, it's going to have a tarnish on it, it's and it's a tarnish that you put on it yourself. And if you have that much faith in the team you put together, play it straight. It's Don't put these boys in a position where they have to defend themselves when they could have won oh, it straight they don't have up. To. Do you think uh, yeah, USC think feels think like they, they have to defend themselves because they paid Reggie Bush? Do you no, think, because I think Reggie think Bush was Alabama, paid to play. Do you think Alabama has a stain on it considering they oversign and make kids gray shirt? I think I, I, I don't think just, the team that won, that, that, that's a, but that's the program should be ashamed a, of itself because this comes back, and we're going to do an hour on this, and we don't need to because it's we've different. done it before. When you turn college sports into a business, I know it's a business. It already is. This yeah. shit happens because people use whatever edge they can use in yeah. business to get no, ahead. I would imagine there are high school coaches out there that, that just try to break rules. Of course, yeah, of course but do we, do we want to do we want to glorify no, the people? No, we don't at all. And I don't think do it's the same as gray shirting. The leaders and the best. It's yeah, that's not. way worse. The reason no, the reason this jump from the sports pages to ABC Nightly News is because it, the words the block M. No, it's not. That, David Muir hates him because he played for Syracuse. No, because no, in, in the casual Syracuse, observer's mind, story, no. in the casual observer's mind, it's like cheating on a test. That's what it is. 
No, you're right. That's what it is. That's why it became a national news story, right. not a national sports story. And people well, and in Michigan, people don't care the same way. If some guy who deserves to get money gets paid, they may understand that it's against the rules. But that feels like that's a just thing in society. This goes against everything no. that people think is a just thing no, in society. Oh, that's why it became a news story. Oversigning not a is not story. oversigning is not a bag man thing. That's that's telling a kid he's got a scholarship and then taking it away. No, from No, but people don't On the other understand hand, that. Who goes People to Alabama knows that could happen to him. They that, stopped. That I mean, to, to yes to that, Mike, but also back to you, Mark. People, it's a, it's more complex. Your turn. You're talking about gray shirting. Well, right? you're, you know what I mean. You're right. People don't. No, you're right. See that in the headline and think, oh my God, what's going on in Michigan? They I, don't think that or Alabama. You're right. right. And I'm, I'm not, but I'm not. Look, the die has been cast. People are going to think what they want to think about the team already. And that's like, my only I, point. It, well, sure. But my point is, I just don't think it's as bad when you look at a lot of the particulars about it. And people will take leaps based on the evidence they have. In the end, you know, if there's a money trail and Harbaugh knows and he's broomed out, then yeah, it's way worse. But in the end, if it's a fine and Connor Stallions has show cause. Would they for, really be that stupid to have a money trail? I mean. No. Well, but that, now you're talking. What, it's line item budgets? In the, would, it, would they be really that stupid to have such a grand conspiracy with multiple, multiple people. I mean, who now, knows? now if you're talking about reimbursements, yes, oh, re- wow. Okay, I, I'm, I don't know if I can subscribe to that. I don't think they're smart enough to do something like that. I don't think only Counter Stallions and these Jim Harbaugh just would- happen, and the, and they and they grow. I think that's what happens: is they try it, they like it, they add on to it. Like this is great. Let's let's put some oh, more resources into this. This seems to be working well. This is worthwhile. Let's add another play. What can we do if we put more people into this? But if it's but if it's working and it's still working, why would you change anything? Well, like if it worked from the start with Counter Stallions, because when you it. sell a lot of potato chips and somebody says, "Wow, I really would like them if they're spicy," then you make barbecue chips. And if people say, "Wow, I really like hot sauce," then you make flaming hot chips. Because when something's going well and people like it, you try and give them more, more and bigger. You know, you took oh, econ, so you, you, you took mean, econ classes. So more mean, is better, right? Isn't that the rule? So you're saying Counter Stallions then expanded it to go to more games and hire more people? I'm just saying, yeah, that maybe somebody said, "I like this little program we got. Let's do some more." I mean, it's, it's uh, interesting, and you know, if you can set. But your I don't policy. know. Here's the thing: we're going to find out, and if it's like Kansas, we're going to find out six years from now, nothing's going to happen. But I just think, yeah, I mean, my my, said my column went a little bit viral, not because of me, because a law professor at University of Michigan retweeted it. And quote tweeted a line I had about, you know, if you don't tolerate in the classroom, you shouldn't on the field. And there are a lot of people. So there are a lot of Michigan people out there that that maybe they like the football team in a way, not like Mark does, but they're embarrassed by this, right? Well, um, look, this this person has a huge following because she's also on television as a legal analyst, too. But I don't want to say I'm embarrassed, but look, I wish it didn't happen, but. Am I embarrassed? I don't know. Because the head, isn't that the, the definition the head, of an embarrassment? Because the head, honestly, I, I think the um, the whole cheeseburger violation and breaking the calendar is worse. I think this is worse because yeah. this goes against the spirit of something. Well, so does breaking the calendar. You mean coaching when you shouldn't and, yeah. and that sort of thing. Uh-huh. But in the end, you're you're trying to help somebody. I mean, people look at that differently. Like, okay, you're giving a little extra coaching. I I understand. You know. I understand why you say that, but I just think for the general people out there, the general well, populace, and I think his response to it was way worse too, to to lie and be kind of an asshole about it. Which, to Mike's point earlier, you know, why do you believe now when he says he's got nothing to do with this? It's it's a fair question. Oh, because I'm just looking at the characters of people and how they how they are and how they act seemingly. 
Uh, we'll, we'll find see. out. We'll see. And on that note. Oh, man, the geeks have inherited the earth. Did I do that? What a dork. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek? Or we're turning into cool guys? This week's geek is all the people who play by the rules and expect others to do so. No, uh, this week's geek is a uh, fourth grade teacher in Florida who was having a fun movie day at school and instead traumatized... <laughs> His class by showing Winnie the Pooh, but not the Winnie the Pooh that you know and love. Winnie the Pooh, Honey and Blood, the slasher movie that became possible once Winnie the Pooh, the beloved children's uh, bear and his friend Piglet and Eeyore and Christopher Robin became part of the public domain and got turned into a disgusting movie, which the makers of this movie were previously uh, winners of our Geek of the Week of the of, of the Geek of the Week award. Sorry, I'm dealing with a little vertigo and still uh, oh, that's right. Still, still kind of, still kind of high from watching Mark and and Sean fight over college football. Where usually they're beating me up. And I'm just trying to. It's such a virtuous sport. The truth. But Michelle Diaz, whose twins were in the class, was left dumbfounded by the teacher's decision to show the movie. He didn't stop the movie, even though kids were saying. He's into it. Hey, stop the movie. We don't want to watch this. So this is not rated, which tells you what a nasty movie it is. And the uh, the teacher, uh, I think, has said, you know, I kind of didn't, you know, didn't realize what was going on for the uh, first teachers checked out. twenty minutes to half an hour. It's like, well, when kids are saying, "Hey, stop the movie! We don't want to watch this," <laughs> and Winnie the Pooh is hacking people to bits, I think you've checked out, or maybe you're on something, or I don't know. But at any rate. The Academy for Innovative Education, which is the school where this was shown, says they have become aware that a segment of horror movie was shown to fourth graders on Monday, October 2nd that was not suitable for the age group, or I would argue pretty much any age group. The head of the school said in a statement, our administration promptly addressed this issue directly with the teacher and has taken appropriate action to ensure the safety and well-being of the students. We're actively monitoring the students and our mental health counselor and principal have already met with those students who have expressed concerns. So as someone who teaches adults, you don't want to put anything on the screen that you haven't watched before mm. yourself. And when they start screaming in their tinny little fourth grade voices, we don't want to watch this. And you hear screams and carnage behind you. You should probably get somebody in the AV club to stop the projector. I think they still use those. So uh, totally checked out fourth grade Academy for Innovative Education movie showing shitbag teacher. Happy Halloween. You're our Geek of the Week. Welcome to Room 7609, where despite many complaints from some in the room and some in the listening audience, new wave music is alive and well. Listener Paul says, hey ML, how about a tune from a great Detroit band that just had a reunion show at St. Andrews? A song so appropriate for the UAW strike. Can you guess what song and band I'm referring to? I'm referring to Solidarity, a song that has stood the test of time. And the band? Rhythm Core. Now, we've played Rhythm Core before, 
But if you missed it, they're back together, they're playing, and I guess you could say in solidarity. Strength that binds us to the common purpose, Father, Son, and Daughter. Mother staves the slaughter. One to promise, one to break the surface with each new endeavor. Steady back the nervousness of solidarity. This is solidarity. Solidarity, this is solidarity. Yeah. One to promise, one to break the surface with each new endeavor. Steady back the nervousness. Front to back, they lined the streets of Warsaw and 13,000 miles away. The folks back home saw Solidarity this is solidarity Solidarity this is solidarity Solidarity this is solidarity
So Blue Water Paul says, these guys were more alternative than New Wave, but you just played the bangles, so I figured these guys are worthy of a play. Keep up the great work. And if you are of a certain vintage, like if you were born the same year as Matthew Perry, you probably went someplace like the Ritz or maybe Todd's and saw bands like the Trash Brats, Bittersweet Alley, and maybe this being uh, Halloween, the Feisty Cadavers, some of these great Detroit bands that used to play and have pretty solid followings. Uh, Rhythm Core, back, I'd, I'd be curious to ask them what they've been doing since they broke up and and what caused them to get together again and what they hoped to go with this. Was this a one-off show at St. Andrews or what? But uh, you have heard them before. I guarantee you, you've heard Common Ground by Rhythm Core at some point or other. That one actually made some waves nationally. But uh, a little local music here in Room 7609 where we love to get your suggestions. You can send them to us at mlsolvedetroit at gmail.com. And while I will tell you I think this is a nice little song, it's not my favorite one we've ever played, it is Sean Windsor Approved, which puts it into (laughs) a very, very elite category. I liked it. It was a nice song. There you go. The nicest things ever said about music played on this show. <laughs> Other than Max Prokoff's original oh, compositions, yeah. which, uh, yeah, yeah. which we, we all love. And if you have not gotten your tickets yet for the Smiths United show at the Magic Bag on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving is murder, returns to Ferndale. I got my tickets. I hope to see you there. Can't say yet whether I'm going to wear the kilt or not. It may be a little chilly out there. And, you know, let's just let's just say I'm a modest gentleman. I don't want anybody checking under my sport. Since when? So, well, it's, you know, since I'm better than Matthew Perry, I guess. That's <laughs> at least according to someone who should know. But uh, no donors to thank this week, unfortunately. We have had some generous donors uh, on a regular basis and some folks who have popped up occasionally with a, a really nice contribution to the show. Um, as, as I mentioned, we are going to be retooling the show a little bit to try and encourage some more support from our listeners and our viewers when we bring the video component back. Taking a cue from the free press and a lot of other publications, we're relying more on the people who appreciate this show for its support rather than sponsors, although we do appreciate our sponsors and encourage you to call Loop Nowacki at Pinnacle Wealth Strategies. He really can help you make a plan that will make you feel a little more comfortable about what lies ahead. And uh, the Cadu Cafe, which is always a great place to go when you're looking for something fun to do. Feather bowling, live music, great food, great people, great place. And we have a lot of feedback this week, but it's not really long, so I'm going to just plow through it here. Uh, Mark and Sean are both exhausted. Mark working on a bonus episode of the Drew and Mike show. Not not a bonus episode, but I mean... Early episode, yeah. Yeah, you guys recorded early because you wanted to get in on the Lions, and I can't believe... We didn't really talk that much about the lines. I I will tell you... Did you watch the game? I went to a bar with my wife and Why eldest never daughter yes for no? dinner. <laughs> and I sat down, and the one TV in front of me was playing the Red Wings game, and I said, awesome. And then Teresa, who loves the Lions, asked them to change it to the Lions. Good job, Teresa. So I did watch the Lions, but at halftime, uh, we went home. I had to drop my car at the shop, and when I came home, I went back and watched the Americans. So I did not see the second half. But I was very glad for all my so friends weird. who cheer for the Lions that they were victorious. So Well, the Wings do. They won in overtime. Well, there you go. I didn't the, watch that either. I, I much prefer to watch sports in person, or if sure. given a choice, I'd rather play than watch. So I'm just and, the not, pist- and the Pistons lost. 
I mean, isn't that wild? All oh, yeah. three playing at the same time. Yeah, well, and the Pistons, hey, they're they're one and two. That's a better win percentage than two, the end of the season. Was two right? and two, maybe. Oh, maybe Why two. Do and I two. think they were two and two. I don't know because they they've started really well and they and Cade looks really good. Yeah, they're all healthy, so that's great. No, hey, we want we want Hopefully. success. We want yeah. something to talk about. Um, but here's something to talk about from our friend Wesley. Hey, ML, just listened to yesterday's podcast with Charlie. Obviously, he sent this last Wednesday. Um, we heard him last Wednesday and Tuesday. I thought you and Windsor were great. I would be interested in learning more about your Patreon suggestion. I would love to support you guys to stay on and continue to entertain and enlighten. I've never used the platform before, but like you and Venmo, I'm willing to give it a try. Let the fellas know I said hello and to keep fighting the good fight. We're all here for you. Also, Hazy Shade of Winter was an awesome pick for Room 7609 until you worked in a Morrissey reference. Uh, where is Mark and we need him I digress but love you guys and yes I would pay to listen to more of you so it would be more because we'll give you more than uh, than you're getting now um, and you'll be able to watch it too which some people enjoy but uh, that's you know Sean, Sean that's a lot of eye candy right there Amy also says, great, just listen on my way home from work. Nice to hear you and Laduff together. His firing is so crummy and strange. Such an embarrassing overreaction by gelded news's brass. Mm. I can see maybe a week or two suspension at most. It is just cheeky British humor, innuendo, and a double entendre. Big whoop! He didn't actually say it. His Twitter profile does not make any reference to him being a news columnist. Yeah. And he deleted it before anyone saw it, except some dimwit at hyperpartisan rag, Michigan Advance, a conservative paper giving into cancel culture, fake outrage, fake outrage, ginned up by that halfwits. Gary Miles can have fun with Chad Livengood. I am confident literally nobody subscribes to or buys a print copy of the news because they see a Livengood byline. Oh, geez. Well, uh, Charlie himself said that one of the two people he apologized to was Gary Miles yeah. because he really respects him and, and what he's doing at the Detroit News and I do too. I, that puts him in a weird spot. Yeah, it was tricky. And, and again, I think the tweet by Chad put him in a weird spot too instead of dealing with it internally. Well, it, it, I, I don't know the outcome would have been any differently but as I said last week, if, if I was if I was Chad's boss, I would have said, can you call me first before you start well, posting on social media, Big Phil? I think it also seems like uh, some people tried to squash the column before it even ran in-house. I have not heard anything about that. That is well, that is new, and if that's true, I, I, I will say when I read the column, it was written in as dry a tone as I've ever seen anything appear under Charlie's byline, which made me wonder whether people said, hey, you know what? We need to be as straight as possible with this. No, no um, gloating. No, no uh, reveling in this. It was a good story, and it was well sourced and well checked. Now, which one that somebody tried the, the to column. smother it? Oh yeah, no, the column was rock solid. I mean, Gary said that himself, and and from what I understand, the attorney general hasn't raised any no. objections or poked any holes in it. No, so. no correction. No so, uh, yeah. retraction demanded. So uh, I'll tell you, listen, uh, it was some of Charlie's colleagues who were concerned about not just people at the Michigan Advance. Um, and, and I had some concerns about what he said, too, as, as we talked mm -hmm. to Charlie about and as he addressed uh, straight up, which I respect uh, immensely. And I hope people appreciate that. I also 
don't condone or approve of what he did. And if I was his boss, he'd have been in my ass and he, in my office and he'd have taken a rip too. Uh, whether it would have been termination well, it was on or, Twitter not, or not, we, yeah. we'd have we'd have to see how everybody addressed it. But if Charlie squared up to that with his bosses the way he squared up to it with us, it'd be tough to let a guy like that go. Um, people who can admit that when they're wrong, because we're all wrong at one time or another. We're always we're all wrong at one time or another. But the number of people who can square up to it, there aren't that doesn't happen very often. So that's something to note. But you know what? Chad raised a concern, and he did it in a very provocative way, um, and he's been outspoken. So, you know, I, I kind of respect his willingness to say what's on his mind. Uh, again, I wouldn't want one of my subordinates in management going about it that way. But, uh, but you know, whatever. Uh, that's, that's done. Uh, Charlie will move on. He's had lots of jobs. He'll have lots more. Uh, you will not be able to avoid him uh, for better or for worse. He is a guy who makes news. In this case, he became the news, and that's where things mm-hmm. got a little haywire. But uh, you can't keep Charlie down. Whether you think he's a good man or not, he will be back. And I think that uh, on the does Charlie contribute more or detract more? I'm on the contributes more side of the scale. Oh, yeah. So um, so you'll be seeing it. And, of course, you can hear him on the No BS News Hour. And hopefully we'll have him on again sometime in the future talking about a completely different subject unless he has another big scoop involving our attorney general. So um, so that's your feedback. You can send it to us at mlsolvedetroit at gmail.com. If you want to donate to the show, we have a PayPal and a Venmo option. You can go to mlsolvedetroit.com. There's a couple buttons there. One says PayPal, one says Venmo. Whatever you put in there is going to come right to us. And there's very little overhead here because Drew is kind enough to give us use of the studio. So that'll go to me, Mark, Sean, little severance to Joe, and mm. uh, you know, there's no over, there's no management uh, fees, there's no administrative costs. That's from you to us, and then it keeps us coming back to you. So it's kind of a uh, perpetual motion machine, symbiotic relationship, however you want to look at it. But we appreciate your support in every way you can give it. Sometimes that's just sharing the show. Sometimes it's just commenting on the show. Sometimes it's just rating the show, and we have over six hundred ratings uh nearly a five-star average and uh we appreciate that too although i think one of the last ratings was kind of shitty i have to look that one up yeah so not happy not happy with me but that's that's to be expected so um so yeah mark um hopefully uh this week is going to get a little easier and uh and if you're having a tough week we hope that this has made it a little better yeah <laughs> because we appreciate you guys and uh and, uh, and I appreciate Mark and Sean, especially Aww. when they're fighting. Damn, I love that. <sighs> Probably killed you not uh, being involved in a fight. Uh, been getting my ass kicked a lot. Maybe I'll sit on the <laughs> sidelines. Maybe, maybe I'll heal up for the next scrap. You know, Fair sometimes enough. you got to uh, you go to the weigh-in, but you can't make it. You can't make it for the big brout. But uh, but we'll be back next week with more ML Solar Detroit. Mark. Uh, any any revelations you're looking forward to this week? Uh, big, happy Halloween. Big game on Oh yeah, happy trick or That's treat. All I got. Make sure you give some nice candy to the kids and uh, and save save the best stuff for yourself. Right? Does, doesn't everybody do that? Yeah, I pretty much have already eaten all the candy we're supposed to give away tonight. So. Give out all the hard candy and yep. keep the tootsie rolls. Yep. Okay. Words to live by. <laughs> Until next week, when we should have another fantastic show. We turn to our friend Cyrus to take us. Out. Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it?
What he's typed will be a window into his madness. Feeling fine. Wow, that's a relief. This is less encouraging. Hello! Uh, what do you think? All I need is a title. I was thinking along the lines of no TV and no beer make ML something something. Go crazy? Don't mind if I do! What? What?